Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, good evening, 
at long last, we're back. You're listening to Troubled Minds Radio, and I am your host, Michael Strange. I am here with your co-host, Frank Pierce, and we would like to say hello to all of you who might also have troubled minds. We are recording this show live. We typically take calls, but our phone software is down today, so there will be no calls. So uh, save your enthusiasm for the next show. We appreciate it. Uh, I see uh, Tony, Richie Storm, showing up to say hey. What's up, guys? Appreciate it. Um, we've been out for a little while. We were uh, we were down. We had uh, some major technical difficulties. So um, everything seems to be fixed. So if uh, this is our first stream since everything was broken, and so if you guys could help us with the uh, the audio, make sure that everything sounds good. Make sure that uh, my my levels are okay with uh, with Frank's here, who's going to be on in just a second. And uh, otherwise, um, it's it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, it looks like Tony's dropping some Facebook angry faces. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. So anyway, um, about this show. So for those of you who have not been part of the journey so far, um, we're uh, Frank and I. Um, we're um, we made this show uh, to ask some questions. So there's there's all there's all kinds of things that we need to be talking about, and we think that the mainstream media doesn't touch on any of it. So um, where everything here may not be fact we do like to talk about the things that could be okay and that that's where the questions come in and uh, that's where you guys can participate so if you've got facebook comments we'll read some of those when our phones are working give us a call we'd like you to be a part of that um but uh we're just um we're again concerned citizens we don't like uh, the government being the one to tell us definitively this is what's happening definitively this or that or academia or what have you it doesn't matter it's basically they've bottlenecked the information through some very few sources and um we're we're not into that we think uh we believe in free speech we believe in free thought and uh that's that's why we do this show and why we cover some of the topics we do um a lot of it may seem like uh you know hocus pocus or hogwash to you but it's still a good exercise for uh thinking for yourself and kind of going through the motions um so if anybody's been paying attention, we've covered all kinds of stuff. We've done a little bit of paranormal. Was the Internet haunted? We've done some Bigfoot. We've done some um, uh, conspiracy theory, and we started with that, which uh, we're going to get into further, of course. And, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's been fun so far. So everybody who's listening, everybody who's, um, who's uh, been a part of this journey, we appreciate it, and it's glad to be back um, with that. Ladies and gentlemen, your co-host, Frank Pierce. And there's my intro music. So, we're looking at the historical, we're looking at the mythological, and we'll look at the scientific. We're looking at all of it. And again, it is good to be back. Technical difficulties suck. Uh, today... I think we're going more into the historical. We're going to show you some information that the media doesn't want you to know. 
And again, if you have any input on this, if you have any experience, uh, call in. Well, not today because our phone lines are down, but leave us a comment and we'll talk about it. Yeah, so we prefer this live broadcast model so we can get your input as we give our input and make it a collaborative effort so we can talk together and figure things out and propagate this information that I don't think a lot of people take the time to look up anymore. Certain things are taught in schools, certain things are told to us, but there's a whole wealth of historical knowledge and mythological knowledge out there that we kind of gloss over nowadays. So that's our goal. Every week we'll pick a topic and dive into it, whether it's the history or the mythology or the scientific and try to give you more information. So that's our show. Feel free to leave a comment and let's get into this. All right. Thank you, Frank. Um, couple couple things real quick since this is our first show being back. Uh, let's make sure that our audio is good. So it looks like Richie said maybe need to pump up the audio. Uh, what are you guys hearing? So what do you hear? What you, what don't you hear? Am I loud and clear? Frank, say something. Is Frank loud and clear? Hey, am I loud and clear? I hope so. I hear you loud and clear. Uh, waiting for some comments here before we kick it off. That's easy to up. Just leave a comment and tell us what to do and we'll pop it back up. But for now, I think uh, let's start talking. So, yeah, usually how this show goes is we cover some news, if we see anything interesting, and then we'll dive right into the topic. So what do we have up today? All right. So today, um, news-wise, there's been a lot because we've been out. So I think we're going to skip over some news. But what we're going to do is we're going to jump into some um, some good old tinfoil hat topics and uh, some more conspiracy theory from back in the day. Um, and... Uh, uh, with that, the, the topic that we chose tonight is, is uh, false flags. So if anybody knows what that is or if anybody um, is uh, familiar or has uh, some stories you want to drop in real quick into chat, we can, uh, we can talk about them. We can, uh, yeah, do some of that. But we've got, we've got some cherry picked for you, some, uh, some pretty shocking stuff. Um, so with that, I guess, let's, uh, let's talk about what a false flag is. Um, there's a, there seems to be a, a, a pretty big... Uh, misconception, let's say, about what a false flag actually is. There's a, there's a lot of, um, what will you say, like uh, Alex Jones types. Uh, we're we're a split over here on what we think about Alex Jones, but um, he definitely does a lot of the false flag type stuff. And uh, what they typically say over there is that, uh, and what seems to be like kind of in the uh, in the the zeitgeist, let's say about false flags is that it's a, uh, a a thing that's faked, right? So it's like, let's go to the Vegas shooting, for example. So they would say that none of that happened. Um, they would say there's crisis actors, like the people that are like the... So everybody's in on it. So the people at the concert, they were crying and running and screaming. They, they say they're in on it, okay? Uh, the ambulances that show up, the police, they say this is all kind of a staged government affair, and it's uh, run by... Uh, you know, basically crisis actors. Um, that's that's actually not what a false flag is. Um, it, it's a it's a little more more true to life than that. So that's uh, a real misrepresentation of what it is. Yeah, I think maybe that's on purpose in a way. Is they they take this thing and they make it seem so insane, so crazy, so larger than life that no, that could never happen. But a false flag can be a very small thing, or it can be a very large thing. 
Absolutely. And we've got some big ones, of course, because uh, who wants to talk about the small ones? But um, so the, the term false flag actually originates from um, the old days. It was, uh, it was a pirate term. So um, pirates actually did used to fly flags that had the skull and crossbones on it. Well, but that was a little bit too obvious, right? So if you're going to hijack, say, a Portuguese trading vessel and you're a pirate, rolling up on them with the, uh, the uh, pirate flag kind of gives you away, right? So what pirates would do is they would actually run up a Portuguese flag and then approach the, uh, the, the trading vessel like they were friendly. And so you get the term, it's a false flag. And so they wouldn't give them time to prepare or try and escape or what have you. Um, start fighting back immediately with, with larger cannons, maybe, or any of those things. So it was kind of a sneak attack on the ocean by uh, misrepresenting who you actually are and what your intentions are. But it didn't change the fact that it still went down. Once the pirates got close, what did they do? <laughs> they, they still they still jumped Started on board and blasting away. There you go, exactly. So they still they still did their pirate thing, but uh, it was more of like a sneak attack. And that's what a false flag. That's where the term comes from. And an actual false flag is something that happens, something that, um, let's say, uh, we're not going to talk about this one tonight because this is a big, uh, a big, 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 big one, probably be its own show if we get there. But like uh, a lot of people say that 9-11 was a false flag attack so that the United States could go into Iraq and start the Iraq war, right? Um, it's a little bit disjointed, I think, and there's, a, there's some arguments to be made both ways, but uh, there's no doubt that that happened. There's no doubt that those people died. It was a real incident. And the argument has been all over the place about who did what, who was involved. Was the United States government involved? Were they not? Um, those sorts of things. And so what an actual false flag is, is a setup, like a stage. So you, let's say, Let's say the government was involved. The United States government was involved in 9-11. So they would have set the whole thing up, uh, for example, to make it a false flag. It, those, those uh, the quote, terrorists would have been trained operatives in one way or another. And the whole thing would have been set from, from every single detail on how, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and what kind of government response, how the press is going to play a role, because, of course, the, the media is complicit, all of these types of things. And so all of that would be planned out meticulously, and we'll see some of that as we get into it. But, uh, yeah, so that's what an actual false flag is. Uh, anything I missed there, Frank? Yeah, no, I think that's right. Uh, I have an example that I kind of thought up for a very small false flag, a stupid example, but I think it helps illustrate what a false flag is. So, and again, this is a dumb example, but I think it really does illustrate the point, and it puts it into terms that, maybe we're more familiar with rather than these large grand government conspiracies something simple something easy to understand so let's say you know you got a coworker, and you see one day he's left his email open on his computer so you know you don't like this guy you're competing for a promotion or whatever so you walk over to his computer and he has his email open and you maybe you write an email to your boss hey is it okay to drink at work uh, i just had a few or something like that and so the boss gets an email from the coworker that you've attributed to him. So you've attributed these actions to your coworker, but the coworker didn't actually do it. You did it. And so 
the boss reads this email and he sees, oh, hey, this guy's drinking at work. What's he doing? So maybe you get the promotion and he doesn't. He has some negative consequence. You have a positive consequence. So if you think about it that way, that's really what a false flag is. It's you are representing to be something you're not, another person, maybe a government, maybe a religion or a corporation. And then you want that other party to have some negative consequence. Maybe they're called into a war. Maybe they get blamed for something. Maybe they suffer financial penalties of some kind. And then you attribute those actions to someone else that you took yourself. And then the eventual result is a negative consequence for them and a positive consequence for you or your organization. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Um, for the record, I've never actually done that to one of my coworkers, but uh, I can't speak for Frank. He sounds like he speaks no, no, pretty, no, pretty in-depth. I, I imagine somewhere during some time, some place, that's been done. You know, They've uh, attributed something to someone else, and in a way, that's a very small-scale false flag. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Richie says my uh, audio is low. How does this speak closer to the microphone? Everybody else says loud and clear. Yeah, okay, so I'll just speak closer. Um, I'm glad Frank's loud and clear. He's usually the one. Okay, yeah, so false flags. That's what we're talking about. Um, and we got tons of good stuff that we're going we're gonna to get to. Uh, before we get there, though, um, false flags coming at you. I want to let you know that we have a website that's up. So if you guys want to follow us and make sure that uh, when, we, when we go live, um, we won't always stream on this page. We'll be streaming on our other Facebook page, which is actual branded Troubled Minds Radio. Um, but you can find all of that stuff. You just go to troubledminds.org, O-R-G, and uh, you can find all of our social links. There's Twitter there. There's um, uh, Facebook, obviously. There's going to be YouTube. We got, we're streaming on Twitch right now. So um, you can watch us any of those places, uh, streaming live on YouTube. So all that's going on concurrently right now. So uh, you can kind of choose whatever platform you prefer. And if you follow us on all of them, you'll never miss us. Make sure that when we go live, uh, you're here. Um, we'd like to hear some of you guys call in when our phones are working. But uh, alas, it's not going to be tonight. Technical difficulties continue. But uh, that's the last little bit we need to fix up. Everything else looks pretty good. Um, so, uh, again, thanks for being here. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump into some false flags. You want to go, Frank? What do you got? Yeah, so, um, again, let's, let's start out with another very small example. So I just told the one about, you know, trying to get your coworker in trouble, and that's a false flag. But there's actually some medium-scale political false flags that have been proven to happen. And, again, this is perhaps more easy to understand than some super complicated government conspiracy. So let's just go with this for now as we build up in intensity, just so you understand what the principles of a false flag are. So, and this has happened a couple of times uh, in the United States when certain politicians are running for office. So let's say you got two politicians, and I'm generalizing here because it happens, but in different ways each time. Politician A, politician B. So they're both uh, competing, they're both running for office, they both want the job. So supporters or employees of politician A would go out in public or on the internet or at a protest or whatever else. And they could, com they could claim to support various platforms that politician B is representing, but in horrible ways. So 
supporters of politician A could claim to be supporters of politician B, but then they would say, my candidate wants the death penalty for children, or my candidate wants all guns confiscated by the government. You know, so they misrepresent what this second politician B is running for in office. I got a recent example. And they do things like this. If you want to let me. Oh, yeah, yeah, go and jump in. All right, so a very specific recent example is uh, in the 2016 election, there was a group of Twitter trolls called Bernie Bros. Anybody heard of those guys? So the Bernie Bros, they were actually a, uh, supposed to be supporters, right? But they weren't. They were, um, they were kind of causing a ruckus for Bernie. They were uh, acting like they were uh, backing him, but instead they were saying all kinds of inflammatory stuff to make him and his politics look bad. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty coordinated little uh, group there that were kind of um, planting many Twitter false flags to make Bernie look bad. So there's a, there you go with your politics. But, uh, yeah, yeah so, exactly. And then anyone who would want to vote for Bernie would look at this Bernie Bros account and they would see that, oh, Bernie Sanders supports all these crazy, wild, wacky ideas, and they would choose to vote for someone else. So, again, these people have attributed things or done things to someone else under their name that isn't true. And when regular people or the media or whatever else sees that, there's a consequence to it. So again, back to this kind of general example, uh, the regular people pick up on this or the news does. So politician B wants the death penalty for children and they go, what? That's horrible. Oh my God, I'll never vote for that uh, guy or girl again in my entire life. You know, so they, they choose these things. They perpetrate these actions and then politician A wins the election and politician B gets no votes because apparently he supports the death penalty for children. So in 2006, individuals practicing this kind of behavior were discovered and outed in New Hampshire and New Jersey using blog comments and um, interviews claiming to be uh, supporters of one political candidate, but they actually worked for the other political candidate. candidate. <clears throat> Excuse me. And down to uh, paid staffers for that candidate's opponent. And they, I believe they got in a little bit of trouble for that. So these examples can happen all the time. These individuals from the first campaign misrepresenting their actions, pretending to be the actions of someone else. So again, the pirate ship putting up that flag, making it look like he's someone else entirely, and then using that to get this reaction, get this negative reaction for the person they're trying to portray and the positive reaction for the person they're working for. So that's like a little good example of the kind of things that happen all the time. Okay, perfect. So again, uh, tonight we're talking about false flags. So if anybody out there has any uh, quick ideas of what a recent false flag might be politically, if you think there was some kind of uh, uh, attack that uh, happened recently that might be a false flag, we talked about one when it happened um, a couple shows back. There were some missiles launched into Syria regarding some uh, some gas, some chemical weapons attacks that... Uh, have or have not been verified, etc. So, if, uh, you got any ideas about uh, false flags? Um, drop them in there. We'll uh, we'll bring them up to kind of uh, layer this out and kind of again crowdsource the show. Let's talk about this. Uh, drop it in the chat and we'll uh, we'll read it out. Um, yeah, for sure. Here's a here's another small example. So, uh, the author Paulette Cooper wrote a book, The Scandal of Scientology, 
and the Scientology members, they didn't like this. There was some negative information in the book and they wanted to keep their religion clear of all those bad intentions. So what did they do? The members of the church went to the author's home, the Paulette Cooper's home, they broke in and they stole stationery. So it had her watermark on it, it had her initials on it, you know, so like a, a piece of stationery, a piece of paper that has, it's easily traced back to her, it's easily identified to the author. So they broke into her home, they stole these things, and they used them to forge bomb threats, and they mailed those bomb threats on the author's stationery, again, so they can track it back to the author, to the offices of Scientology. And then the Scientology members, you know, they contacted the police. They say, this author's threatening to bomb us. Uh, look, here's the proof. Here's the stationery from the author. Only the author has access to this. And then you know what? The author got in trouble. And maybe because she was sending bomb threats, apparently, to the Scientology church, the book wasn't taken so seriously anymore. All those allegations the author had made were then clouded behind this bomb threat scandal and, do, uh, um, do we have specifics do you have, also have an author there the actual name yeah so the author was paulette cooper paulette, paulette cooper. cooper okay wrote the book uh, the scandal of scientology and then yeah the scientology members themselves stole that stationery and forged bomb threats with it okay so uh there's another example with scientology as well uh there was this um, Operation Freakout, they called. So several Scientology operatives were uh, investigated in this thing. That's what the the whole thing was called. So stealing the stationery, forging the bomb threats, and kind of smearing the author's name. So the original book, The Scandal of Scientology, wouldn't be taken as seriously. I've got some thoughts on Scientology, but I'll save them for next time. Yeah, we'll have to save them for we'll have to save religions and organized religions and what's good and what's bad for another show because yeah there's a lot there there's a lot there but uh that's that's pretty interesting so again so this type of stuff that we're talking about of course we we uh we do some research we uh we get together on what we're going to do and when we're done if you go to troubledminds.org you can see a lot of the show notes that we use to put these shows together so if you want to follow up on us if you want to uh, do your own uh, internet sleuthing on um, the topics we're talking about, these links, they will be up after the show. Uh, this one, probably in the next day or so. And uh, all the previous shows, they're there already. So uh, if uh, you guys have some thoughts, it's, it's good for you to go back and kind of check us because uh, we're only human after all, right? Uh, we, we, uh, we only have a human amount of time. We got the same 24 hours that you guys have. So if you have some ideas... Um, of uh, what we missed or what we could add. Those are the types of things we like to hear. So leave us some Facebook comments, leave us some Twitter comments, you know, social media. You guys know how to find us. But if uh, there's anything we missed that you think we need to add later, maybe we could do a whole other show. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, talking about that anyway, uh, we'll also put up on the website any images or audio links we use so you can go and look at them for your own research and you can familiarize yourself with the topic. There you go. Shameless uh, yeah. plug. So again, false flags, basically what's happening. And again, I think the media nowadays, they really want to make false flags, this grand, amazing conspiracy. That's so unbelievable that, you know, it could never happen, but I'm trying to, we're trying to give these small examples here of things that happen all the time. They're relatively simple and they are at their base, false flags. 
So again, you misrepresent yourself as someone else, or you misrepresent one government as another government, you perpetrate a negative action, and then you wait for the public or other governments or other corporations to respond to that action in a way that's favorable to you. So misrepresent yourself, perform a negative action, and then wait to see the positive consequences that are favorable to you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So going back to that Russia-Syria gas attack, I think that's a really good example in recent times. So the Syrian government attacked its own civilians with chemical weapons. That's what they tell us. Could be true, could be false. We're not sure. I'm going to add the caveat. Really did, allegedly. Yeah, go ahead. Allegedly. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and so if you think about this in the context of a false flag, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, the West and Israel and other states in the Middle East really do want to invade Syria and get the oil reserves and build a pipeline through there. And so if Syria is attacking its own people with chemical weapons, that gives them a reason to go into Syria. It gives them a reason to overthrow Assad and get them out of there, and then they can do whatever they want. So staging these uh, gas attacks and saying they're made by the Russian and Syrian governments on the Syrian people gives them a good example. So they're misattributing the actions of the Syrian government. They're waiting for the world outcry to do something about it. And then they reap this positive consequence. But in reality, my opinion, only my opinion, and I think uh, Mr. Strange's opinion too, is that other governments staged those chemical attacks. Other governments made that happen. Just so they could false flag behavior, they would give them a license to go in there and do whatever they wanted. What benefit would Assad have to gas his own people? It doesn't make any sense. The benefit of gassing his people would be given to others. So if other governments gassed his people, they would get a benefit. If he gassed his people, there would be no benefit. So again, you think about it in these terms, in terms of a false flag, and it does make a lot of sense in that context. Exactly. And then specifically to that 
example, it happened so fast. So the gas attack happened. You have a complicit media that is all part of the plan. So it kind of lines up and makes sense. It's reported on every major news station in the in the first world, let's say. And there's this huge outcry. And something needs to be done. And, oh, but look at these poor children, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's something we see over and over and over again. And governments have been so devious in the past that uh, when things like this happen, it just looks suspicious. Um, so the the, uh, the official story, I guess, that is that the Assad government of Syria, they had um, uh, the rebels, they were, they were winning, winning against the rebels, except they were running out of uh, munitions to fight. So that's the actual, uh, the quote, story. And so uh, once they cornered the rebels, they couldn't finish them, so they used a gas attack to uh, finish like a, uh, a little hideout full of rebels that uh, they couldn't get out by traditional means. So that's, what, that's the official story. Um, I don't know if it got reported specifically that way, but I, um, I dug a little bit because I was curious. It just didn't make sense. Just like Frank was saying, uh, what, what did they have to gain? Uh, it, there, was, there was a lot there that was very suspicious. So again, we're talking about false flags tonight. If you guys are in chat, drop something in the chat, something maybe uh, recent, something maybe not recent. If you think of a false flag that uh, we can bring up, we'll do that. We'll uh, mention it, and then uh, we'll keep on trucking. Um, anything else you got there, Frank? No, that's about it for small examples. And I think these small examples are important to let everyone know that these things do happen all the time. Like go back to that coworker example at the beginning of the show. You can false flag your coworker. You really can. It's very simple to do. Like I'm not advocating it, but I'm sure it's been done. All you have again, all you have to do with these things is like put aside the dying babies and the gassed um um, Syrians and the people dying in the towers of 9-11 and all this stuff. Put all that away for a second and realize that it's very simple. You just attribute horrible actions to someone else and then wait for everyone else to uh, denounce those people and then you reap a benefit and that's all, that's all there is to it. And so yeah, in Syria, in these small examples, it happens all the time. And so I think nowadays the media says false flag this, false flag that. They talk about some of these school shootings or the Pulse nightclub massacre, and they say, oh, they're false flags. And then they, they mock them. They make them seem so stupid, so insane. But at the root of all these things, again, are benefit. So who is benefiting from the actions? If you can attribute who's benefiting who's suffering negative consequences, you can really identify, I think, what's a false flag and what isn't. So some of these school shootings, for example, again, we're not claiming they're false flags, but the reasoning behind it would be that they want gun control enacted. So they do these horrible things in the name of gun owners or they attribute gun owners in a certain way, and then the public outcry is to take away the guns. So in that sense, and again, we're not saying this happened in these particular cases, but the false flag ideology there would be we're perpetrating negative stereotypes on gun owners. We're doing these horrible things in the name of gun owners. And then the public outcry is to take away all the guns and the government benefits in that way. There you go. And uh, specifically, funny, the false flags 
is uh, we're going going back to Alex Jones and the school shootings. Like that's very that's a very Alex Jones um, false flag. That's actually false. It's a false attribution of what a false flag is by saying that the event didn't happen, those funerals didn't happen, those children were not actually killed, etc. So yeah, that's complete uh, bullshit. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> because to Thank perpetrate you. the false flag correctly, you would want the bodies. You would yes. want dead kids everywhere. You would want to make gun owners and gun people look so crazy, so insane, so evil, horrible, that when everyone saw those bodies of those dead children, they would say, okay, that's enough. We have to take away the guns. The government wins, and they get to take away the guns. So, yeah. So to talk about a false flag in terms of the fake things doesn't make sense because if anyone can ever prove that, there's no benefit. So if you really want to do a false flag, like harken back to the pirate example, you have to kill people. You have to slide up up onto that ship and start blasting away with your cannons. You have to have real consequences to get a real benefit. So this whole false flag narrative where everything's faked, it's all crisis actors, that, that doesn't make any sense. You want the consequences. You want the negative reaction. And the more bodies you have, ugh, the better it is. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, we're, we're in agreement on that. I think it's uh, grotesquely irresponsible to be the guy that's always saying that, oh, no, none of this stuff happened. Uh, everything the media reports is fake. Well, I mean, it's definitely spun. I think we can all agree on that, that they twist it and they turn it and they omit facts and they don't report things that are against their narrative. But I don't think that uh, every single thing is made up. I mean... What are we living in the matrix here? And there's no actual reality. Uh, that that'd be a it's a mind trip, whole other show. Okay, <laughs> so so moving yeah. on. Anything no, no. Else let me uh, give a quick example. That's a good sure. point. Is the media is almost turning the word false flag? They're almost using false flags to make the word false flag look bad. So hear me out on this reasoning. They're attributing conspiracy theorists and alternative thinkers and they're they're trying to portray them to the public at large as crazy people they're saying oh we're crazy we don't know what we're talking about we're insane and so they're pointing to these examples of false flags they're saying but if you're crazy there's no crisis actors there's none of this so they're they're enlarging these things and they're making them crazier and crazier and crazier so they're attributing to conspiracy theorists these grand, wild, strange theories. And then when people look at these theories, they're full of holes. That they do seem insane. And so everyone pushes back against conspiracy theorists and against alternative thinkers. And they say, hey, you're clearly full of shit here. So in that, pardon my language, in that way, the media is false flagging the term false flags. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. And it's it's intentional. I, I think there's no doubt about it. It's um, it's just uh, you you take it's like you take the football and you just run with it. So they're gonna go find the craziest theories and they're gonna say, look how stupid this is, and look what all these people think. All of us. And basically, when I say that, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about Frank. I'm talking about anybody who listens to us right now. Anybody who listens to this as a recorded in the future. Because we're listening to this. Because we're talking about these things. You are instantly smeared. You are the one that the media is talking about. I'm the one. But if you listen, I don't know. I don't think I don't feel that crazy. 
I don't think, well, Frank's a little crazy, but I don't feel like we're way off base here. And so that's the thing. Like they kind of want to, um, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a smear tactic to further their own narrative and make any other independent thought look stupid. That's all it is. Yeah, and again, these things happen. They they do happen all the time. False flags do happen. But if you were to go out today in public and talk to your friend or your coworker about a false flag, I think at the back of that person's mind, they would say, what the heck is this guy talking about? This guy's crazy. Again, because media has false flagged conspiracy theorists and false flagged the term false flag. That may be too meta, but <laughs> it does make sense. That's pretty meta. But yes, it's accurate. I think it's accurate. Um, so, hey, we are watching chat. So if anybody's got some uh, comments, we'll read them out. I'm uh, watching Facebook. Frank should be watching YouTube and uh, Twitch, if you guys are watching us there, if we picked up any uh, watchers on that side. So uh, let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. We'll, we'll read it out. Um, I'm not going to call anybody out. But, uh, yeah, if you guys are out there, we'd like to hear from you. Okay, so uh, there's a bunch of small examples for false flags. i got some big ones. Shall I do the big ones? Let's get into them. Okay. So uh, what, what good conspiracy show uh, would be would even be a conspiracy show if we didn't bring up Adolf Hitler, right? I mean, come on. Um, so, of course. Of course. I mean, it seems to be the thing. Like, anytime anybody is anything, negative, it's straight to Hitler. So we're just going to just go straight to Hitler. All right. So... One of the actual uh, uh, incidents that led to Hitler's rise to power so fast, you guessed it, was widely believed to be a false flag attack. Okay, And uh, maybe you guys have heard of this one. It's called the, um, it's, uh, the Reichstag Fire. Now, my German's terrible, so forgive me if I pronounce it badly. I probably am. But uh, so basically, this was an act of arson that was supposedly committed by a communist German. Okay, so now at the time, this is like 1933 Germany. Um, Hitler has just been appointed, uh, I believe it was chancellor, but there's uh, somebody above him, which was uh, Hindenburg. Okay, and he was old. He was like 95 years old. I, I believe it was really old, maybe 85. Let's say 85. That sounds more reasonable. But it was extremely old and. Um, widely known to be senile okay so what happened was uh a german communist named marinus van der lube he set fire to the parliamentary reichstag building okay and um uh there was a few reasons for this so he's a communist and in uh 30s germany around this time um, one of the big parties was a communist German party that was standing in the way of Hitler's consolidation of power, okay? And so he, he had actually risen to one of the top spots, but he didn't have absolute power. And his party, which was the National Socialists, of course, um, they only had like a 30, I think it was a 30% uh, representation in parliament. And so he couldn't actually get the votes he needed to make the things happen that he wanted to happen, okay? So, and uh, the party that stood in the way the German communists. So here we go. Um, so this, uh, this so poor individual. Let me guess ahead right. of time. Let, let me just make a prediction. You don't have to follow up on this. All right. Hitler attributed to the German communists something horrible or made something horrible happen on their watch, and then he reaped a benefit. Again, going back to this paradigm of false flags. 
but continue. I just yeah. want to predict that's, if I'm right or not. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, so this uh, this this um, German communist Van der Lubbe, he set fire to the parliamentary Reichstag building under the guise of a communist radical. Okay, um, this is interesting about this particular individual. So he was known to be eccentric and a mental patient who might commit such a crime. Okay, but the uh, there were the extenuating circumstances around the. The, uh, the the German government and the information and how quickly everything happened after this fire, it kind of paints a little bit of a different story and maybe uh, implies that this individual was picked as a patsy because of his mental instability because it would be really, really easy for people to believe that this guy in particular had set the fire. So, um, yeah. So anyway, there we go with that. And uh, so it was definitely arson. There's no doubt about that. The place burned down. Okay, um, and one of, they they call it one of history's great mysteries about who actually started the fire because um, nobody really believes it was this guy, the Vanderloop guy. Um, but Berlin police, of course, arrested him, uh, known as a simple-minded Dutchman. Okay, and they found him crouching half naked at the rear of the building as this thing is on fire. Okay. So it's just a little too convenient. That's <laughs> just a little too convenient, right? And we're we're talking this isn't even um the the internet age. This is this 1930s Germany. But uh, uh this is all the information that came out. So he was uh, found crouching half naked at the rear of the building. Um and of course, seeing that perfect suspect. Uh he was found, of course, in possession of flammable material and fire lighters. He had affiliations with underground communist movements and a criminal record for arson. So that's an interesting one. So is that something that was um, maybe added after the fact? I don't know. I mean, I of course, I wasn't there. But uh, again, it seems a little too perfect to, to everything lines up perfectly to land on this guy's head. And of course, he attributes himself as a German communist which is the party that's in the way of Hitler. Okay. Um, so, so, so I'm imagining this. I'm seeing this guy, and he's covered in communist buttons, and he has a communist flag, <laughs> and he ju- just happens to be crouching down behind the building with flammable materials. Like, this is ridiculous. Of, uh, of course this was a false flag. Half, half naked, <laughs> no less. <laughs> uh, they, they say that he took his shirt off to set the fire, actually, <laughs> which is why he was half naked. Okay, so... Um, of course, so the uh, the Berlin police arrested him, like, immediately, because he was still on the scene. Okay, another red flag of, like, what the heck's going on here. Um, you, you know, you probably start a fire and leave the scene. <laughs> and maybe, probably get away. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's that. Um, maybe you bring a change of clothing so you don't look <laughs> so... Sp- <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, yeah, there's a, lot, a lot to this that makes it look silly. Um, and then, of course, he confessed. So he said he was trying to incite the German workers to rise up against the Nazis. Okay. Um, that's, uh, yeah, it seems, um, so he's, he's got, he's a, he's a mental patient. Uh, he's known as a dimwit. Um, he's apparently got a record for arson and he's, uh, setting political fires. Uh, I don't know. Uh, again, way, way, way too convenient. So, so, okay, so as a result, this is what happens. So he was arrested, okay, immediately. 
Um, within one year, he was actually executed. They put him on a guillotine. They took his head off, right? The, the old uh, dead men tell no tales routine. So, um, but that was just part of it because he was the patsy, right? Uh, we could we could go into Lee Harvey Oswald and those types of things. Again, shows down the road. But it's, it's uh, there's some similarities. But the thing is, he was inconsequential other than to make the link to the German communists. Okay, uh, who started that fire? You got me. Like the, nobody will ever know, probably. But it was definitely acted upon quickly. As in, th- this is what I mean. So within the same night, the Berlin police started. They had a list of people to arrest that night okay because what happened was the fire caused um hitler to go to hindenburg who was again let's say 85 because 95 i'm probably wrong and it sounds ridiculous but he was senile uh hitler went to hindenburg and and told him what happened and that it was set by the communist party to uh bring down the socialist party his party and so, of course, uh, Hindenburg being senile and saying, oh, no way, we can't let that happen. He, they, they together drafted um, a, a new article, let's say uh, articles, amendments to their constitution. Okay. And, uh, of course, handing over pretty much absolute power to Adolf Hitler in the 1930s. And uh, the rest is kind of a bloody, messy history. But specifically... Um, the the articles that they that they suspended uh there's a list here but uh it basically was became permissible to restrict the rights of personal freedom freedom of opinion including freedom of the press the freedom to organize and assemble the privacy of postal telegraphic and telephonic communications Warrants for house searches, orders for confiscations, as well as restrictions on property are also permissible beyond the regular legal limits otherwise prescribed. Okay. And so this is what they drafted. Sounds, yeah. sounds a lot like the uh, Patriot Act, but <laughs> continue. It, there's some similarities, isn't there? Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, of course, so within one year after this incident, so these these uh, – these, um, they, they put this through and said, we're suspending everything in the name of national security. That should ring a bell. That should sound familiar. National security. It keeps coming up in the news. National security over, over, over again. Everything is national security. Um, but the reason is because they think they can get the most leverage politically by saying that whatever it is is in the name of national security. So um, within that year, this was in, I believe it was February, and by December – uh, concentration caps were in, were in full effect. Um, the the uh, Communist Party was completely arrested and put to death. The German the German Communist Party and uh, you know the, uh, the the Jews of course were uh, put uh, put the stars on first and then um, not allowed to uh, purchase this or do that and then uh, it just got worse and worse and worse from there. I mean uh, I think we're all pretty familiar with the uh, World War II history of how ugly that got, but. Yeah, there's a there's a classic false flag right there. So we've got a we got a simpleton that's attributed to a a um, uh, what would you call it a a party that's not friendly to your party, adversarial party, and conveniently 
he sets a fire, causing a national emergency because, of course, the communists are not going to stop there. They're going to continue to hit the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, etc., so on and so forth. So uh, one year, one year after this, Hitler had complete control of Germany. He went from yeah, no, chancellor to... Let's, let's think about that a little bit, if you don't mind me jumping in. Do it. Uh, let's say there was evidence that the communist fire didn't set the party. So there's this guy. He's a communist member. He, he apparently set the fire. And then let's say there was actually some other evidence that he didn't set the fire. So you can almost... And again, this may, may not be the case. There might be no other evidence that anyone else set the fire. But... You can almost retroactively make something a false flag. So again, there's two pieces of competing evidence, one that the communists did it, one that someone else did it. If the media and the police and everything focus on the first evidence that this crazy half-naked man was going to burn down the world, the communists did it, the communists did it, get them, get them, oh my God. If the media and the police and everything focus on that first piece of evidence, and just completely ignore the second piece of evidence. They never talk about it. They never look at it. They never even address it. They pretend it doesn't exist. And they focus all their energies on that first crazy guy. You can almost retroactively make it a false flag because that's what the people are going to hear about. That's what the politicians are going to hear about. That's what the police and government workers are going to hear about. They're going to hear about that first guy and his communist leanings and his crazy arson and they're not going to hear about that other evidence and in doing it the media can push everything in one direction and make it a false flag where it might not have been in the first place right and specifically so um there's even even if there's like competing equal evidence if it's suppressed and nobody hears about it and the narrative is, let's say, Russia, 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 or what have you, or the communist, communist. That sounds communist. familiar. It sounds familiar. So it's like um, you don't want any kind of competing stories to roll out. And so it's uh, this is another Nazi thing with propaganda, and it was Joseph Goebbels, I believe is the guy's name, and it's called The Big Lie. You heard of this one, Frank? So if you Never heard of this one. So a, a, one of the, the main tenets of, of uh, Goebbels and his propaganda for the Nazi party was if you tell a big enough lie often enough, people will believe it. They'll just believe it. If you continue pounding it, pounding it, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, and then you're suppressing any other information contrary, it becomes reality. This is straight out of 1984. This is if you control the past, you control the present. You control the present, you control the future, right? It's that whole thing all over again. And uh, it re this really happened. This really went down. It gives me chills a little bit talking about it. That's, uh, it's um, uh, this, this uh, fiction, dystopian type of thing is, uh, is, in, is in full effect. It's, uh, it's led to millions of people dead, and it's, uh, it's pretty scary. Scary. That does make a lot of sense. I don't have kids yet, but I imagine that if I had a kid and I told him every day, every single day, the sky is green and trees are blue. I told him that the sky is green, trees are blue. I told him that over and over and over again. You know what? I think he would believe that the sky is green and trees are blue. Or you'd probably learn you're colorblind, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, one or the other. But yeah, if you hammer that point over and over and over again, 
Yeah. And with the 24-hour news media, they can do it easily. I, I was just about to say the same thing. Easily so, do it. So 1984, again, back to that. The telescreen is the 24-hour news cycle, right? You can't escape it. Literally, out in the woods with no devices, no internet connection, you can escape it. But how many people live in that type of environment now? It just comes and goes and goes 24 hours over and over and over. You can't stop it. You can't turn off the telescreen, <laughs> which was in the which was in 1984. We're, so. we're kind of getting in the weeds here, but you have to imagine that. Let's say you designed the education, and we can talk about this in another show. But let's say you designed the education systems to suppress critical thinking and logical thought. You got rid of that. Everything, all your decisions, everything you think about is based on emotion, and you designed your primary and secondary education systems in that way, well, then your population would be a lot more receptive to the 24-hour news media. And the big lie. Um, I'm the not saying anything, but that could be what's happening now. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying something. Okay, I think that's it for a Reichstag fire, unless you've got something else to add. Nope, that's, that's a good example. And it happened so quickly, and you see such a profound effect from it. That's really amazing. I didn't know the history of that one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There we go. Now you're caught up. Almost an expert. All right, so uh, let's go to what you got. Okay, so here's another giant example of a false flag. And this is, again, more of a media, yellow journalism kind of false flag. But... It, it really it changed the course of a nation. So Cuba, we're talking about Cuba now. Let's go back to the 1800s. Uh, Cuba was a Spanish colony, settled in 1492. And by the mid-1800s, Cuba wanted independence from Spain. They wanted Spain to get out of there. They wanted to run their own colony. And so after the American Civil War, opinions of slavery were changing. And the Spanish had mandated slavery in Cuba. So there was a, a few rebellions that went on, um, one in 1868, the Ten Years' War. Uh, so a planter freed all the slaves, and then they fought a guerrilla war against the Spanish government in Cuba. Uh, that didn't go very well, but again, later, two years later, uh, they had the Little War, I believe, and they freed slaves and they fought against their masters. But finally, they had the... Sorry, it went the Cuban War of Independence, then the Little War, then the Ten Years' War. So finally, they had this Ten Years' War, and that eventually led to the freedom of Cuba from the Spanish. And so it's, it's very interesting how this happened, because it's all propagated on bringing another government into a conflict, much like with 
bringing the West and the UN into the conflict in Syria, here, forces in Cuba were attempting to bring the Americans into the war between Cuba and Spain. So how did this happen? Um, in January of 1898, uh, the USS Maine, which was a battleship, a small ship, uh, was sent from Key West, Florida to Havana, Cuba to protect U.S. interests during this Cuban War of Independence. And three weeks after it was sent, it was just sitting in the harbor, peaceful as can be. It wasn't participating in the conflict between the two powers. It was just there. It exploded. So the ship's in harbor, it's not fighting, it's not doing anything, but all of a sudden the ship exploded. And everyone on board basically died. Uh, I think only in total 260 men on board lost their lives and a few died afterwards. Only a few survived the, I have my notes here, only a few, few survived the ship explosion. And so the American media and the American population, again, they were just observers in this war between Cuba and Spain. They really wanted to know what was going on here. They wanted to know how did the ship explode? What happened to it? Um, was it treachery? Was it uh, an attack? Or was it just a malfunction? Wh what was the reason this ship exploded? And so they set about doing the investigation and trying to uh, figure out why this happened. And uh, basically, they couldn't really get a good answer. They couldn't figure out why the ship exploded. They had no idea. Uh, it could have been an accident, it could have been treachery, they really weren't sure. Then the media came along, and the media turned this entire thing, the ship exploding, into a false flag style event. So the New York Journal and the New York World, owned by William Randolph Hearst and Sir, gave this ship explosion intense, intense pre press coverage for the time. Like, think about the Russia, Russia, Russia business today. But instead of that, it was the main, main, main. So they were covering this every day. Uh, we have some images. Why don't you pop a, one of them up and just go through them as we're looking at this? You got it. Um, so they covered this, the ship exploding over and over and over again. It was in headline news every single day. What was happening? Why did the ship explode? All this kind of stuff. And both papers exaggerated and distorted any information they could attain, sometimes even outright fabricating the news to fit their agenda. And so for a week uh, devoted to the sinking, the journal devoted a daily average of eight and a half pages of news, editorials, and pictures to the event. Its editors uh, sent a full team of reporters to Havana, and they announced a reward of $50,000 for the conviction of criminals who sent 258 American soldiers to their deaths. So overall, they had no idea, but the news really wanted to make this into a big deal, a big event. So they kept hammering out these headlines over and over and over again, but they didn't know what happened. And eventually, they started blaming the Spanish. They insisted to sell papers, to sensationalize the situation, to make everything seem crazy. They insisted that Spain was the one that blew up the ship. And again, they had no proof. They really didn't know. But the papers and this yellow journalism kept saying that Spain did it. Spain blew it up. So I think we have some examples here. And you'll see the headlines if you're watching live and we'll have them on our website again later but they're they're absolutely insane so i'll read i'll read some of the headlines here and we can so we can catch oh, yeah. up here go ahead all right so the first headline it's uh so this is from the new york journal 
Um, and it was uh, the front page, February 17th, 1896. Uh, and it says, here's the headline. The warship Maine was split in two by an enemy's secret infernal machine. And then uh, the subheadline is officers and men at Key West describe the mysterious rending of the vessel and say it was done by design and not by accident, of course. So, yeah, that's crazy to describe something that could have been an accident. Again, they didn't really know why it exploded. They had no idea. But to describe it as the enemy's infernal machine, that's crazy. <laughs> and so they were trying to make something out of it. They were trying to blame Spain and sell papers at the same time. So let's look at a couple more of these. All right. If you if you ever want to know what uh, 1890s clickbait looks like, that's it right there. The enemy's infernal yeah, machine. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one. Uh, crisis is at hand. Uh, Spanish treachery. Uh, Maine destroyed by an outside attack. Naval officers believe. Censored dispatches from Havana say a shot was heard before the ship's magazines blew up. Um, this seems pretty clear. Very big. And again, I think that in particular was an outright fabrication. They had no evidence one way or the other why the ship exploded. So again, just to recap, Cuba is fighting independence or fighting for independence against Spain. This uh, ship was in the harbor just observing and it exploded. And so everyone, the papers, everyone wanted to blame the Spanish for it. But really, they had no evidence. So, yeah, uh, we have a button here. This is this is an interesting one. Can you pull that one up? You got it. Yeah, so they they would actually go so far as to remember the main. That became the catchphrase. And they would sell these buttons with the main uh, sailing along in the ocean. Remember the main. Remember the main. They were trying to drill up fever for something. And we're getting to what that something is. But they were really trying to invoke patriotism remember the main remember those 258 soldiers that died due to spanish treachery they were really trying to push that and so let's look at this final headline i dug up here all right so um this one again from the new york journal uh destruction of the warship maine was the work of an enemy uh fifty thousand dollar reward for the detection of the perpetrator of the main outrage Assistant Secretary Roosevelt convinced the explosion of the warship was not an accident. And uh, again, the newspaper, the journal, offers $50,000 reward for the conviction of the criminals who sent 258 American sailors to their death. Naval officers, unanimous, that the ship was destroyed on purpose. Um, it's interesting that uh, <laughs> they say everything twice. They say everything three times. It's like, uh, in case you missed the top one, then the middle one will get you. And in case you missed the middle one, the third one repeats what the top line said. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, good old, yeah, good well, old again, journalism. They, they don't call it Russiagate. They call it Russia, 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 right? They've right. they got to drill that home no matter how they, how they can. Anyway, back to this. So Cuba's fighting against Spain. And guess what? America wanted a reason to get in on the war, right? They wanted a reason to gain rights and properties in Spain. They wanted the Spanish out of there, or in Cuba, sorry. They wanted Cuba. the Spanish out of Cuba, and they wanted to fight them and get some concessions. So the media effectively false flagged this explosion and turned it into Spanish treachery. So remember the main quickly turned into remember the main to hell with Spain. That was the catchphrase. Remember the main to hell with Spain. Everyone was chanting it on the streets, going crazy. So America got in the war. And 
the war lasted 10 weeks. And um, John Hay, who was the ambassador to the UK, uh, writing to his friend Theodore Roosevelt, declared that it had been a splendid little war. So the press showed Northerners and Southerners, blacks and whites, fighting against a common foe, that's Spain. And um, yeah, they kicked them out of there. So again, Cuba was had fought two wars before this, trying to get the Spanish out, but couldn't do it. But after this one event, America joined in and they kicked them out there right quick. There was no problem at all. And there it is. So this, uh, this war marked America's entry into world affairs. And since then, significant in hand in conflicts around the world with many similar suspicious circumstances i would say uh think about this though think like a certain region is fighting for independence a certain region doesn't want a government in power anymore so they stage an event 9-11 they stage an event and then they join in like they give themselves a reason to join in these wars. And that's what happened. Right. And th think about every war in the last 50 years. It's the same thing. Babies and incubators in the Gulf War and everything else. In 9-11, it's insane. They stage this event. They make it a big deal. We give ourselves reason to get in the war. And then we're in the war. And we get concessions and benefits and everything else out of it. So What's that the, uh, I don't know about you, but this is this is the start of the whole thing, and the pattern is just repeated over and over and over again. And this was 130 years ago. Yeah, and that was uh, I think it was Eisenhower that said, uh, "Beware the military-industrial complex." He invented the term, and this is exactly it. Yeah, you get got an excuse to go to war, you got an excuse to uh, blow things up, and then uh, rebuild them afterward. It's a lot of money that goes and dropping bombs and then rebuilding everything afterward. So. Um, I got a, I got the next one. Cuba is a pretty good segue. Well, sorry, again, let me just finish that up with one oh. final point. Okay. They never found out what caused the ship to explode. There was never any evidence one way or the other. The entire thing, all the journalism, all the press, the war, it was all made up. It was all based on no evidence whatsoever. So aluminum tubes in Iraq, right? Same kind of thing. Same kind of thing? It's the... Uh Goebbels, the big lie. So whether it's uh, true or not, you say it over and over and over, people start to believe it. People start to get patriotic. People start to support your war. Yeah, that's uh, tragic, sad. All right, so Cuba. Cuba's a good segue because I'm going straight to Cuba, except uh, we're, not, we're getting out of the 1890s and we're going to the 1960s, back to the Cuban Missile Crisis. We did some of this in um, our very first episode where we talked about Operation Northwoods. Now, uh, it was a, a uh, period in the early 60s of uh, um, big tension between the uh, Soviet Union and the United States about uh, who's putting missiles where. And uh, Cuba, in particular, was a bad place for missiles to be put, of course, in proximity to the United States. And so that's what caused a lot of this, uh, this strife, the crisis itself. Um, but because of that, of course, the United States had some uh, some pretty good incentive to want to invade Cuba, to be able to uh, take it over and not look like just a bunch of bullies that ran in and just took over Cuba because it was a strategic position for them and it put them in danger if Soviet missiles were actually there. So, um, of course, what did they do? What would you do if you were a government? 
So this is uh, Operation Northwoods, and uh, so this was prevented by the or presented by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, okay, uh, and the CIA. This was put on President John F. Kennedy's desk, and said, "Approve this, and this is what we're going to do." Okay, and uh, they specifically wanted to frame Cuba. They wanted to stage terrorist attacks along the eastern seaboard, specifically Florida and all the way up to Washington, D.C., with Cuban Americans that were actual operatives of the CIA, of the, uh, of the military, of whoever they can get to actually set bombs, uh, do sniper attacks, cause any kind of mayhem that they could blame on um, the Cubans themselves. So here's a list of some of the stuff. I'm going to breeze through this because we're, uh, we're getting short here. We've got another point we want to talk about afterward. But um, here's uh, incidents that they actually uh, concocted as part of this. Okay, Of course, they were going to start many rumors using clandestine radio. Um, they were going to land friendly Cubans in uniform over the fence to stage attack on a army base in Florida. Um, capture... Cuban saboteurs inside the base, and of course they're friendly again, so the entire thing's set up. Start rights near the uh, the base main gate, again, friendly Cubans that were in on it that would be arrested, and it would be a big show, but then these Cubans would be released because they were actually um, under orders of the federal government. And then um, blow up ammunition inside the base. Start fires. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> um burn aircraft on the airbase, lob mortar shells from outside of the base into the base, capture assault teams approaching from the sea or vicinity of Guantanamo City. So uh, the the lengths that they were willing to go, it was, uh, and the segue here with Cuba is they were trying to create their own remember the main type of episode, okay? And they even talked about blowing up a new ship that was not loaded with people, that was a complete dummy, and they would stage fake funerals for the sailors that were supposedly aboard and the whole thing. And so when people go, like, way out there today, uh, you know, Alex Jones style a little bit, and uh, they want to bring up these things because they don't trust the government, these are the reasons why. And so, interestingly, this leads into another conspiracy. So there's a ton of stuff here that they wanted to do. And it was real stuff. They were going to actually start fires. They were actually going to sink a ship. They actually had um, had um, uh, put put on the president's desk to commit terrorist attacks against American citizens to actually take. Yeah, this lives. is like the perfect blue for blueprint for a false flag scenario. Except instead of one false flag, there's. 20 of them or 30 of them yeah. everything planned out in advance if they had gotten go ahead to do this that would have been it that would have been enough evidence for everyone like, well, and that's scary to think about right yeah and so that's that's the last one actually so sink the ship near the harbor conduct funerals for mock victims and that was the remember the main part two episode but that's exactly it so this was put on john f kennedy's desk approve this we're ready to go he, he, he turned it down, and he said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, there's other options here. And some of the speculation, of course, is this specifically is one of the major things that led to his assassination. He didn't play ball with the powers that be. And uh, there's a lot of ties there with mafia and some other things, but 
this is one of the big ones that uh, this is the the deep state operating in the 60s so yeah interesting um, but yeah that's Operation Northwoods there's more I could get into on that but uh, again we're running short on time I got one more we want to do you got anything left there Frank or anything you want to add to that uh, no, I'm done. Uh, I think we covered some good examples. But you see how this pattern repeats itself, even from the very small examples to the large examples. It's all the same thing over and over again. Is You pick an enemy, you attribute actions to them that they didn't commit, you wait for the public outrage, and then you just go ahead and do whatever the heck you want. Absolutely. And um, the public outrage is usually support, right? You support the government. You support the um, the the CIA, you support the, uh, the military that, um, you know, may or may not be operating under, um, let's say, the most honest circumstances. And it's frightening. It's frightening. Like, uh, look what happened right after 9-11. There was like a huge surge of people joining the military. So it's, uh, it's definitely one of those big suspicious events. Um, okay, so, so with the uh, false flags, here's, here's what I wanted to drop, right? This is, uh, let's close this out with this discussion. Um, what, what would be the ultimate false flag? If, if you were uh, a government and you wanted to consolidate power as fast as possible, you wanted to take away all the people's freedoms in the name of their protection. I've got a clip. Here we go. I couldn't help at one point in my discussions with, privately with, General Secretary Gorbachev, when you stop to think that we're all God's children, wherever we may live in the world, I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held if suddenly there was a threat to this world from some other species from another planet outside in the universe. We'd forget all the little local differences that we have between our countries and we would find out once and for all that we really are all human beings here on this earth together. Well, I don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us, but I think that between us we can bring about that realization. Now, that's anybody's the, not familiar, that's a, go ahead. That's a crazy thought. That's insane. You know, drop a few asteroids on the Earth, claim it was an alien bombardment, you know, make a few CGI aliens garbling, like giving demands, and the entire world would be under your control in no time whatsoever. It would be snap your fingers fast. And it wouldn't just be one country. It would be every major power in the entire world. And if we had some, some of the major powers collude in this and know that it was a joke, that know that it was false, Think about how fast that can happen. Now, for those not familiar, that was Ronald Reagan in the 1980s in his, uh, the end of the Cold War in the meetings with uh, Mikhail Gorbachev of uh, the Soviet Union. And I don't think, so there was no actual false flag attack there, but I think the, the implication is pretty strong that, that uh, when he says that how easy our jobs would be, right? How easy, meaning like what kind of resistance? Who would, who would say, no, no, don't 
save us from the aliens. <laughs> no, that's a very good point. If you were to rebel against a government that was trying to save the human species from extinction by aliens, if you were to rebel against that government, even though the entire thing's false, you'd be a traitor. You'd be a traitor to humanity. Even I, right now, knowing all this, would think that someone fighting against a government trying to protect us would be a traitor to humanity. And that's a scary thought, even how easily I'm manipulated just thinking about that scenario. So, it's a, it's a little interesting. Maybe, um, maybe all the alien talk that seems to be growing and growing and growing over the last couple decades. Is it uh, maybe some kind of psychological operation? Maybe some kind of um, preparing us? Maybe not for actual disclosure, but maybe for when they set off the real world worlds like Orson Welles on the radio? And you know what? How do we know the truth? Because I don't think in this day and age with the news coverage we have that we could get the truth. I really don't. I think that the news media would just tell us whatever the powers that be told them to tell us and they wouldn't investigate. Like there's a real lack of, and we've covered this in past shows that the media just doesn't ask any intelligent questions. They ask what they're told to ask. They say what they're told to say, but they don't actually go out and do any investigation. You know, you'll see it from time to time in local news stations. They'll go out and do a real investigation on things, but in this national media coverage, it's all talking heads just repeating the same point over and over again. They never ask, like, uh, I, I know we're running short on time, but they, they don't add, like this whole refugee children thing. They never said, hey, was this happening in the previous administration? Like, they never even stopped to ask that. Of we're course good. it was, but they won't tell you that. We got about, we so, got about yeah, 10 So, yeah, if aliens came, we got about they would minutes, just... So we're good. So, but yeah, no, no, that's exactly it. And the, okay, now, now put yourself, try and close your eyes and put yourself in a vacuum, okay? You wake up one day and every television screen, every radio, your smartphone is buzzing off the hook. Everywhere you go is reporting that not only... Are aliens real? But they're here. And not only are they here, they may be hostile. Now you tell me, like just me thinking about it, putting myself in that situation, it scares the hell out of me a little bit. And uh, I'm not even sure it's for all the right reasons. Because again, if the media is complicit with the powers of the world, the governments of the world, where do we go for the truth? I well, I know one place we could go. <laughs> it's to the Troubled Minds Radio. <laughs> There's a plug. There's a plug. And if you want to do that, you go to troubledminds.org. Uh, we have a new website up. It's live. Um, it's not perfect yet. We're still uh, working out some kinks on it. But all of our social media is there if you want to follow us for our next shows. Um, we usually take live calls. We did not this episode because we're having some uh, technical difficulties after a uh, little layoff. But we're back. We're back. We're going to be doing some more shows. So stay tuned. If you want to follow us, troubledminds.org. 
Um, everything's there. Twitch, YouTube, our Facebook page, uh, you name it. So, um, yeah, there we go. There we go. It's a little bit, little bit scary how at the whim of governments we are if, uh, if they can do some kind of media blitz like that. And I think um, it, it illustrates the point how important it is for independent minds and independent thinkers to ask these types of questions. Because remember, War of the Worlds with Orson Welles, people were jumping out the window and people were committing suicide because they thought the aliens were coming. Like just that panic, like that type of panic stirred up in the population. Man, what do you think Hitler could have done with that? (laughs) I don't think he would have even had to fight a war in Europe. Everybody would have just joined up, you know? A little bit scary. But, uh, yeah, so interesting, interesting thoughts. Uh, I think that, uh, so with uh, where aliens are, uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack with aliens, but I don't think, obviously we don't have time today, but I think um, with uh, any kind of extraterrestrial news, we should be interested and we should be smartly skeptical as well because uh, if only we could trust the media, if only we could trust the governments to report things properly. Yeah. That's what we're here to do is to call them on their statements and to think about these things and look at them critically, to critically and logically discuss the issues and pull in evidence that they may not want you to know about. So there you go. That's our show and that's what we're here to do. And we appreciate any feedback you can give us and any comments and contribution. So yeah, let us know what you think and we'll talk about it. There you go. So you guys know where to find us, troubledminds.org. You can uh, follow all our social media there. If you got uh, questions, you got uh, think you got some answers that we need to talk about, let's talk about those things. Send us a tweet. Send us an email. You can reach us at uh, troubledmindsradio at gmail.com. And uh, everything else is up there on the website, troubledminds.org. Um, so we got more shows on the way. We're back. We're live. Everything's working. Everything should sound good. We'll, uh, we'll uh, reassess after this and fix any issues. I think everything probably looks good probably sounds good and um we're uh yeah looking forward to some more shows we're gonna hopefully crank these out rapid fire now um anything to add there frank before i cue us the outro no i think we're done that was a good show i think we covered small examples and large examples we went back 130 years even to today so yeah just remember that when you see a news report about a false flag and they're making it seem like this insane crazy conspiracy that these things do happen and they've been historically proven to happen they happen all the time yep and that's just uh what they got caught kind of red-handed with so that's our job that's your job that's everybody's job every citizen's job of the world is to make sure that the news that ends up in front of you is scrutinized we ask questions thank you for listening i'm your host michael strange I'm here with your co-host, Frank Pierce. Good night. See you guys next time.